Welcome to Beyond the Pixie Dust, a movement of Disney fans searching for meaning and purpose. Our goal is to gather together with other Disney fans, cast members, and Imagineers to discuss the deeper things of life, like hope, grief, joy, and beauty. We want to pursue kingdom-driven lives. So now, I invite you to join us as we dive beyond the Hello to everyone and all of the Beyond the Pixie Dust community out there. Thanks for joining me once again, even if it is virtually in this way. Thanks for joining me at Hollywood Studios in front of the Chinese theater. I hope hearing the music and kind of the ambiance brings you to this space this morning or this afternoon or evening, whenever you listen to this. <laughs> uh, but we are here, as I mentioned, in front of the Chinese theater, and of course right now the attraction that is inside the theater is Mickey's Runaway Railway. Uh, but if you've been a fan of the parks, or been, in, been attending the parks for many years, or even actually just in recent years, you'll know that the Chinese theater here uh, once housed, not too long ago, a ride called the Great Movie Ride. And when I think back on the origins of the Great Movie Ride, meaning it started, it opened on May 1st, 1989, uh, 30, for 31 years it was open. When it opened on May 1st, 1989, I was only three years old. So it's, it's in some ways crazy to think uh, how long that attraction has been there when I think of my own life. And in the same way, though, it's so believable that it lasted for 31 years and that it wasn't a shorter period because it was so loved. And over three decades, little over three decades, it became so popular amongst adults, among cast members, among children, everybody who wrote it. There, there were some scenes that were a little outdated. They might be a little cheesy, but it had a, a, a very high status amongst guests and cast members alike. And of course, when they announced that the Great Movie Ride would be replaced by something new, everybody knew. I mean, Imagineers, cast members, guests, no matter who you are, you know that the replacement for Great Movie Ride needs to really impress guests if it's going to be accepted by fans as a valid substitute for the Great Movie Ride itself. And of course, now we're living on the other side of that decision. We know what Imagineers were working on. It was the groundbreaking journey this time, not into the movies, per se, but for the first time, into the cartoons. And this was something that has never really been done before. Sure, we have movies, or we, I'm sorry, we have attractions based upon other cartoons or animated films and those types of things, but if you've ridden Mickey's Runaway Railway, you'll know that it's a journey into the cartoons like never before. You actually feel as if you are in the midst of a cartoon, and if you don't understand how that could be possible, uh, you just need to ride it. You need to see it to believe it with your own eyes. Now, this attraction is going to be almost two years old. Uh, it, it, it opened on March 4th, 2020, so we have a handful of months uh, before it turns two. Uh, but I will give you a little idea of what to expect on this attraction if you haven't ridden it yet without giving too many spoilers. I don't want to give it away or uh, give away the surprise when you ride it. So I'll give just a, a bare minimum to, of, of what this attraction is all about. So you, as the guest, are invited into the Chinese theater to view a brand new Mickey Mouse cartoon called Perfect Picnic. 
right? Sounds pretty normal and maybe even sounds a little boring. Like, hey, I'm at, I'm at Disney. I'm going to go in and watch a cartoon. I mean, I want to do some stuff here, right? And of course, there's more to it than going in and watching a cartoon. <laughs> so Goofy gets involved in the process and suffice it to say that Goofy does what Goofy does, right? He makes a mess of things. And before you know it, you're taking a chaotic trip through the cartoon world. I think it's safe to say without giving too much away, of course, that everything ends well, that you're not stuck in the cartoon world. Things come together by the final scene. But until that point of the ending of the attraction, it's just one problem to the next. And if you've ridden it, you'll know this. The ironic thread throughout all the craziness that's happening during the, the scenes in the attraction is the song that's woven into some of the scenes. It's titled, Nothing Can Stop Us Now, and it's basically all about an optimistic outlook on life. So there's lyrics like, quote, we'll sing a song and absolutely nothing will go wrong, or nothing can stop us now. I don't know how it could be any better. And meanwhile, while you're hearing some of those lyrics, you're encountering a tornado, and you're getting whisked down a river, and you're about to get smashed on a conveyor belt. I mean... Things are completely out of control, and yet the song and the attraction is singing, nothing will go wrong, nothing can stop us now, and like you're about to get smashed. Now as funny and as ironic as that is, and of course is meant to be, I think on a deeper level it's so reflective of many of our lives. I mean, how many times have you felt like there were an endless list of things in your life that were out of control, but you acted as if everything was fine. You know, people come along and they ask you how you're doing and you just say, good. It reminds me of these lyrics to a song by a band called The Rocket Summer, where he kind of talks about that scenario. He says, hey, how's it going? Good, and how are you? Good. Often do you wonder how much that isn't true. And isn't that true? We, we pass by people. Sometimes we don't even stop to hear their response because we expect a good and we keep on walking. Hey, how's it going? Oh, good. And we just keep on walking. Oh, good, good, good. And we keep on walking by. But how often do you wonder how much that isn't true? And how often do you know in your life that it isn't true? Now, there's a trend, especially in American culture, to cover up our hardships, to cover up our struggles, to act like everything's going great. You know, everything's gonna be good, you know? Nothing can stop us now. We're doing good, we're, we're great, we're, we're fine, right? And for some reason, uh, as a pastor, and, and uh, I see this even more, I feel like, in the Christian community. So we have at services like kind of fake smiles, felt like they need, people need to be smiling in services, you know, at, at, during church gatherings. But in reality, things might feel very out of control. Now there's this verse in Philippians 4 that gets quoted quite often. It's Philippians 4.13, and I want to read it, but I want to read it within its context. So I want to um, read to you from Philippians 4.11-13. This is a uh, letter that was written by a guy named Paul, and it's in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. He says this in Philippians 4.11-13. He says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty 
or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Now, that's the last portion, that verse 13, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's the part that's quoted all the time, but we see the little bit bigger of the context here. The writer, Paul here, he's saying that he's, quote, learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Now, I don't care who you are out there. You might be a believer in the Bible. You might believe in God. You might be a Hindu. You might be a Buddhist. You might be an atheist. It doesn't matter. If there's somebody who claims to know the secret of being content in each and every situation, I don't care who that person is, if, if they're sound, of sound mind, I want to hear them out, right? <laughs> I want to know, is that possible? So for Paul, well, what kind of situations did he face? He says every situation he's content, right? Well, what did he face? Well, we can look at some of his other letters to find out situations that he was facing. He has another letter called 2 Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he gives some examples of the situations that he faced, and they're, they're not easy. He says he's been to prison. He's been whipped in prison. He was beaten with rods for following Jesus. He was shipwrecked a few times. He's gone without food, water, and clothes. He's in danger from bandits and countless others on his journeys. I mean, the list goes on and on. He's had some pretty dark situations that have happened to this guy, Paul. And do you think that, that Paul put on a fake grin on his face and he kind of acted like everything was fine during these moments? Like, you know what, I just got shipwrecked and like my ship's a mess and it's, you know, in splinters on the beach. But, you know, well, let's smile and kind of everything's good, you know, kind of get through it because that's what Christians do. Or like, what do you think? Is that what he meant when he said he's content in every circumstance? Like he just like pulled himself together and he got out of prison and he's like, he was just beaten with rods and whipped. And then he's just like, you know, but everything's good. I'm too blessed to be stressed, right? Like that's this really cheesy phrase sometimes I've heard in Christian circles. It's like, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Well, no, like you just got whipped with a rod. Like you got whipped and beaten with a rod. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure you're pretty like a little bit like, hurting and a little bit stressed right now, right? I mean, this is some bad stuff that's happening to this guy. So what did he mean? You know, is he, is he just singing this song in the shipwrecked mess? Like, nothing can stop me now. You know, I don't, I don't know how it could be any better. No, right? That's, that can't be it. Can't be. It seems clear from scripture that, that Paul didn't enjoy his sufferings. You know, he didn't seem afraid to be fully transparent about the out-of-control mess that was his life at times. He, he was honest in 2 Corinthians, and there's other passages where he just says, man, this has been hard, this has been bad. But then, what about this passage here in Philippians? What about, what was the secret to Paul's contentment? If it wasn't the supposed power of positive thinking, you know, where you just say, hey, if I just keep telling myself it's okay and just kind of pull myself together, give myself a, an energy boost and just say, we're good, we're good, we're good, then we'll get the smile and we'll eventually feel it. Like, if that's not it, then isn't that the end of the story? I mean, if Paul isn't in control, if he's going to be shipwrecked, if he's going to be beaten again, if his stuff is stolen or he's, he's like famished because he has no food or drink, like... How, where can you go from there? That's very out of control. Well, we see for Paul, the secret of contentment for Paul is the realization that someone is actually in control, always. And that person, of course, is not Paul, 
but God himself. Now, when we ride this attraction, when we ride Mickey's Runaway Railway, you know, we're never, as adults, some kids might be because they don't fully comprehend, but as adults, we're never concerned that we're going to actually drown in a river or we're going to fly away in a tornado. You know, we know that Disney's in control of the experience. The Imagineers have specifically planned this and there's some screens here. It might feel realistic. We might feel like we're really in the cartoons, but we know in about you know two or three minutes, once we board, we're gonna be exiting into the warm Florida sun and we're gonna be safe and sound, right? We know that Disney is in control of the experience and so we ride those things and, and we're content, we're, we're fine with it. Even, you know, more thrilling attractions like down the street from here, rock and roller coaster, right? We don't truly fear that we're gonna be smashing into a semi truck, you know, in, in the middle of getting to the Aerosmith concert. All these things because we know Disney's in control. And so we have a contentment, we have a trust in going on these, on these attractions. And that's really what Paul is kind of talking about here. He's saying, hey, you know what, I'm not in control, but there is someone who is, and so I put my trust in him, even in the midst of this situation. So Paul, of course, he's not just, he's not riding a, an attraction or a roller coaster and like, well, I trust that, you know, the harnesses are gonna keep me safe on this ride. No, he's in the real world. And he has this life-changing knowledge, this thing that comes across to him, and, and he says, listen, like, God's in control, even though I'm not. See, he realizes that he can't stop bad things from happening, but that God is still in control at the end of the day. So, of course, that, that famous verse there that we read earlier, Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. You know, everything? You know, so obviously it can't be everything. I mean, I can't fly through Christ who gives me strength. I can't breathe underwater through Christ who gives me strength. So, I mean, there are limits to this, right? So what does he mean by everything? Well, what he's talking about in the context is he says, no, yeah, listen, you're gonna face hardships. You're gonna face famine. You might face the sword. You might face hard, hard, hard things. You know, you might see the cancer spread. The situation might get harder. Even Jesus himself, you know what Jesus said? He didn't say, hey, when you believe in me, everything's gonna be great. He said, no, he said, in this world, you will have trouble. He was brutally honest about just the, the evils and hardships that happen in our world. And yet, what Paul is saying is, listen, you can do everything. You can endure any hardship. You can get through anything in your life because your strength does not have to come from yourself. Your strength does not have to come from if you're having a good day or you know everybody around you likes you or if you got the promotion or if you didn't get the promotion. Your strength can come from, in Paul's viewpoint, from God, from someone who is not gonna be swayed by the out of control reality. And in our often out of control life, we can rest in that knowledge that there is someone who is control and we can, we can put our trust and we can put our strength in him. Thank you guys for joining me today in this short little episode. And as we wrap up, I wanna invite you into a practice. 
We do this sometimes in some of these episodes, but the practice for today is just to, as this episode ends, I want you to consider your life, be honest with yourself about how out of control it is or isn't. Does your life feel like it's out of control? And if so, have you been dishonest to others and yourself about that? So the practice today is to take an assessment of your life and then be honest about that question, how are you doing? You don't just say good because it's the easy thing you pass on, but to those who you truly trust, to those who know you best, be honest about that answer if the answer is not good. If you're someone out there who does not have close friends or family, you're kind of someone who's on their own and for whatever reason, you don't have someone to reach out to, you can always reach out to us. We are here at Beyond the Pixie Dust on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can email Josh at, uh, actually, I was going to give you the wrong email. Uh, email me at beyondpixiedustpodcast at gmail.com. I should just say this. All the links and our contact information, it's all over on beyondthepixiedust.com. So just send a message if you need to, but reach out to somebody today. That's your practice. Assess yourself and then reach out. We'll see you next week.